back themselves after our guys put a beat down on them earlier this year in Golden State. Welcome to Views from the Clutch. I go by the name of Small Alex. I'm here with my brother from another. C. Graham, what's good? Yes, and we are back to bring you Bubble Tape, the second edition, Views from the Clutch. As always, we'd like to take a moment out to thank all of our supporters, viewers, and listeners. We appreciate y'all coming back to join us as we have, of course, re-released or started releasing episodes again. As always, if you would like to contact us, you can do so by leaving a message on any of the podcasting platforms that we have hosted. You can email us directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us and interact with us on social media at viewsfromtheclutch on Facebook and Instagram. And just like that, we're back in business. Um, we was running a break when we ended the last show, and I think what were we? Uh, were we Eastern Conference or Western Conference? Where, where, where were we at? I don't know where we were at. Nah, I definitely don't remember that last the last ending part. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you know, uh, I think we, I think we, I think we were talking about the West, but yeah, because we were talking about um the push for that last playoff seed. I think we were talking about how um the Blazers might well the Blazers since they got all their pieces are they going to be healthy enough? To make a strong push to the to the eighth seed, mm-hmm. maybe not though. I mean, I, I don't I don't remember one hundred percent. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we 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 got a bomb podcast, so whatever we talk about is going to be fire. So I'm not even really concerned. Um, let's just go ahead and jump into the hot topics or the pressing issues for you know the current NBA as we stand today. So um, uh, let's start with the discipline. So Lou Williams has been noted to be compelled to serve a ten day quarantine after taking an absence to tend to a family matter. And mm-hmm. apparently on social media, he was posted while inside of a strip club. And well, it's not just any strip club. It's Magic City. I mean, okay, it's kind of world, kind of world-renowned. So, you know, for what the, for the food. Yeah. He, he was there to get some wings. If you follow his interaction with Kid. Kendrick Perkins about the matter, who Kendrick Perkins took to social media to say that, you know, it's kind of sad that somebody like Zion Williamson knows how to follow protocol and a 15-year vet like Lou Williams doesn't. And, you know, Lou Williams' response was, you know, if all you got for me is being mad at me for going to get some wings, then, you know, so be it. Um, Chris Tapps Porzingis is on one-day quarantine for missing a test. Um... Zion is expected to return to practice on Wednesday, having returned back to the bubble and serving his quarantine time. I guess it expires in time for him to be able to practice on Wednesday. And the biggest news on the agenda as far as NBA players and their interaction with sports go is Kyrie Irving committing to pledge $1.5 million to WNBA players that are sitting out. Mm -hmm. That's good, man. I think that's a that's I mean that's an honorable thing. I mean, 
at the end of the day, nothing should be said to detract from a a, a generous and, you know, a sincere step towards making sure that the economic hardships that can be faced by not participating in your main way of income. So salute to Kyrie and salute to any and everybody who finds a way to create stopgaps for these athletes who are unable to participate in their respective sports for whatever reason they chose, whether it be to continue to propel, you know, social advancement or it's just for health concerns for COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm all for seeing the athletic community reach back and, and pull each other up. So I think it's dope. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to leave it at that. Yeah, no, I, I, 100%. 100%. It, you know, any, anything that can help people out, like I said, because these people make it a, a big sacrifice and they want to do their part. And like I said, I can't blame them. You know, so yeah, like you said, it's all good. But what, what, um, this is the, they only got one more day. The season actually starts on Thursday, the 30th. Mm-hmm. But is so that, I don't know how many, uh, let me see, because I've, you know, just, I, I, just tonight, just which is the 27th, yeah, the 27th and then the 28th, but it'll be the last day of the preseason games, uh, the bubble preseason games scrimmages. and then scrimmages, basically. And um, they actually, I like how they did it. They rolled out the first game. Those were 10-minute quarters. Then the second game is 12. And then this last game is 12-minute quarters. Um, I'm trying to see if there's information on when the when the scrimmage is. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a scrimmage taking place while we're on this podcast because we're – There's a couple of them going on right – well, there's one going on that's about to end right now. It's New Jersey and Utah. And that was um, – actually, Utah might win it. They're up by four points right now. What up? Four points with um, 45 seconds to go. Yeah, so there's two more left. Orlando is going to be playing Denver while we're doing this, and New Orleans and Milwaukee will be going at it. Um, Los Angeles beat Washington. And um, what else? What's the other score? Because I have it right here. Los Angeles beat Washington. Utah. Oh, no, sorry. Wrong. Here we go. Sacramento beat the Clippers. And you said Utah and Brooklyn are playing right now, right? Yep. Yeah, they should be about to wrap up because they started at 5.30 Eastern time. Yeah, you know, there's only 45 seconds left. Okay, who's winning? Uh, Utah is up by four points, 107 and 103, beating Brooklyn. Okay. Well, I like the way the current events lead us into things that we needed to talk about anyway. Eastern Conference, Brooklyn Nets. Who, who plays for that team right now? Well, well, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but they're not playing in actual games. Right. So who's actively on this Brooklyn Nets roster? Because well, from... they got we got our man Jamal Crawford. Welcome they back, got, Jamal Crawford. They got uh, well, Jamal Crawford's not playing. I haven't seen him in any of the scrimmages games. I know um, you got Karis Levert that's playing. Uh, he's definitely he's definitely gonna be the probably the number one option. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you got uh, obviously Jared Allen. Is my boy Spencer playing? Spencer playing? No, Spencer's not playing. Spencer didn't participate in the quarantine, or is he hurt? I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, Spencer tested positive for, for COVID, I think. Oh, a lot of them did. A lot of them did. But I don't think that keeps you out of the bubble. I think you, you have to recuperate because Russell Westbrook is back. But I don't he tested know, positive. I don't think he wanted to participate. It's something like that. But I think he tested positive. He's like, you know what? Since I tested positive, I don't want to be a distraction. So, uh, yeah, so he decided not to go. Because I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I've got a list. 
DeAndre yeah, sitting uh, out, Avery Bradley, Davis Bertans, Ariza, Paulie Stein, Wilson Chandler, Cephalosha, Zaire Smith, Kyrie, obviously. Justice wasn't allowed to go. I forgot. I don't think it was an injury that they just remained keeping him out. Um, Oladipo is still supposedly up in the air. I think well, Bradley Bill has been practicing. He's been playing in the scrimmages. Right, but he may or may not actually play in the in the oh, yeah. um in gotcha. the bounce back tournament. But the sad um, part about it is Sabonis is out with an injury. Yeah. Yeah, Torian Prince, also a member of the Brooklyn Nets, he's sitting out. Yeah, and I'm reading Dim Dimwitty. Yep. So Yeah, so it's because Dimwitty tested positive for coronavirus twice in the in in two-week period. So I guess they feel like, you know, his exposure level and ability to bounce back is not, you know, in accordance with what they would like to have in a bubble. But, um, yeah, the Eastern Conference itself, as things start to sort themselves out, do you see anybody that their outlook changed in a more positive way because of, of what's going on in this bubble? Or do you see this as, you know, Milwaukee with that lead is just going to run roughshod over the Eastern Conference competition? Nah, man, I really, I think, well, I think obviously, I think Toronto looks strong to me. It, that it seems like their bench is, is always going to be a factor. I think Toronto, Boston, and even Miami, but Philadelphia to me is just, to me, a they're, wild like, card? Wild, they're, they're an extreme wild card, man. I can see them implode, or get, to, or they'll be in the same situation, or they'll, you know, make it to the finals. You know what I mean? It's evil. It's either one. You know, like you're gonna. You get- can see the Sixers. Well, you know what? In this environment, I can't even. I can't even throw you know any type of real doubt to any type of projection because it really is possible. It really is possible. It's possible that I mean, in this conformed environment that they have, no home court advantage. Some players not being available, other players not being available, matchups. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery. And I think that kind of like brings a little element to excitement to the return of basketball is the fact that even though we know how good these teams were when everything had to come to a halt, in this unique environment that this bubble creates, we don't know if any of the things that we thought made them better really hold up. And I think it's a it's a it's a curious, curious set of questions. And I don't think we're really going to get an understanding of how. How it's going to work until they actually get into these um, seating games. I think that's when we'll start to really get an idea of who's really ready. That's what I'm saying. I think. Um, but I think teams like Toronto, they have a strong bench. They're going to always be a factor because they have continuity, too. Yes. Yes. They have a lot of continuity. Same thing with Milwaukee. Milwaukee essentially loses Malcolm Brogdon and not really much else. And they're pretty much bringing back the entirety of their roster. Um, I think their continuity, I mean, Budenholz has been the coach there, what, three years now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, they. I, it looks like on paper, you know, if you were to say Eastern Conference Finals, Toronto, Milwaukee, I don't think many people will argue with you, but I don't want to count out Miami because I think this environment, where the location, where they're at. Remember, a lot of these guys played in South Florida. Now they're playing in North Florida. So it's not like 
and, and the climate is not really going to be a fa- big factor. Travel is not really a big factor. And health. Miami is one of those teams that takes pride in their physical fitness. And I can imagine the first round games just being a testament to who's in better shape. But that's what I'm saying. Like I said, it, it, I think with this whole AAU circuit right now, it's definitely going to be some teams that, like I said, if the bench could step up because it's not going to be – I mean, who's really going to be nervous? You're not walking into an arena where it's like, oh, my God, this team has – like you said, the whole court advantage. That's out the way. So now guys just hoop. So now you're really going to see who's really about just hooping. And who, who, who can hoop the best? And I think, like I said, I, I think teams that have stronger benches are going to be the teams that I think go further. Just because they're going to be able to put it all out on the line. You know, and I don't know. I just, I'm a walkie to me. I just, I don't know. I don't see more. I mean, let me say this. I don't see Milwaukee coming out of the East. I just, I, I bet on anybody else but Milwaukee. Like, I know Milwaukee's supposed to be the favorite coming out of the East. I'll just go with the field personally. Mm. I just, and again, maybe it's just like, you know, I don't, I mean, I think Milwaukee has a definitely a balanced team, but I just, it's something about them that is just, to me, I just don't, I just I feel like somebody else can win. Something about Milwaukee. I just can't put my finger on it. You know, I mean obviously Giannis. But when you say you'll take the field, I mean that's saying that the magic. No, but I'm saying it can be anybody but no, okay, yes, yes, it's not the magic, but I'm just saying (laughs) yeah, I I don't Or Brooklyn. Okay, let's be honest. Okay. The magic and Brooklyn have no chance. They are gonna be they're gonna be slaughtered in the first round. Slaughtered, like really. Finally, not me with the hot takes. Keep going. Now, this I mean, greatness. I, let me just say this. Like, obviously, you know, barring any type of injuries or any type of positive COVID test to a player, you know what I mean? Because that can also change the dynamic as well. Something go else goes on, it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I mean, uh, yeah, the Orlando Magic in Brooklyn. I don't see them. All right. So when you speak of the field, you're speaking of Toronto, Toronto, Miami, Miami Boston. Boston. Philadelphia. And, and Philadelphia. The Pacers, nah, but I think the Pacers will pull up a fight, but I don't see them beating Milwaukee. But between the between the 76ers, Miami, the Celtics, or the Raptors, I feel like one of those teams will be able to beat the Bucks. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I don't think I don't think anybody could really get too mad at you for feeling that way, especially with the limited amount of exposure that we've had. I mean, we're going to see Milwaukee play tonight, and they're going to be playing the Pelicans, and they're not even going to be playing the full roster version of the Pelicans, because again, we just said Zion won't be able to practice until what is it mm-hmm. tomorrow? Tomorrow. So, so he's not going to be able to participate in this scrimmage. And every time he's played against Giannis, he's had something to prove. I mean, mm-hmm. he took Giannis's jersey off. Yeah, that put was the NBA, put the league on notice. Yeah, he. That was that was like when you saw Captain America pick up Thor Hammer. <laughs> Seriously, it was to me. I'm like, when he did it in the preseason, because remember, he like literally like ripped someone's clothes off, took the ball from him, and dunked it Yo, in the why preseason. Y'all got, why you got to bring up the Knicks, man? And you acting like oh, you're the Knicks? No, 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 I really didn't remember. My oh, fault, come man. On, son. No, come on, son. He, I didn't even. Yeah. Re- I couldn't even visualize yeah, the color yeah. of the jersey. I just remember. Yeah, he punked Kevin Knox for that. For oh yeah, that's right. Oh man. Kevin Knox mm. could never grow facial hair after what happened to him. <laughs> Zion sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that was literally just having all the remaining testosterone in your soul ripped out of you when he did that. He was, Jimmy's on! 
Mm-hmm. Yo, and then there was like um, voiceovers done to it. Oh my god, I think I sent one to you. Yeah, 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 it was crazy. Yeah, it was like I think it was like Hulk's voice or something. Yeah, like he's like, oh, Hulk smash, give me that shit. Yo, that shit be dense. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. But yeah, so Milwaukee, Milwaukee is really just getting the opportunity to have, like you said, a glorified practice with a, a you know opposition that is full of NBA players, but it's not a full strength team. Um, I don't know. It's hard to take what happened last year and try to factor it in. I just feel like everything is just like new. It is. It will be. It will be. It will and, be. And, and there's nothing really safe to like sit on and say, "Hey, well, you can count on this. You can count on that. You can count a lot of those intangibles that we count on to point towards what should propel one team or favor another team. They're not really existing in the same in the same way. So I almost feel like, like you just said, like these guys have to get on the court and prove that they can just really play basketball. I think coaching is going to be a big time, big, big, big time influence on how this thing plays out Mm -hmm. because game management is going to be critical because in an environment like this where, okay, give a good example. When you're the home team and it's the fourth quarter, you know, your fans are about to do what for you? Turn up. Exactly. So you can, you you got that you got that kind of like reservoir of cheat code energy available to you. The feed feeding from the fans, the energy, all that. That's not there. This is that AAU environment that you spoke to before. This is really about self propulsion. I think we're gonna learn just as much about how good coaches are as we are about what players are motivated outside of the star power that they've been given. And mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be dope. I wonder if if this bubble environment is gonna affect some people's contracts too. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of um, a lot of things going on that that is gonna play out with this bubble. I mean, the bubble, like you said, with everybody being in here, it's and it's it's mono and mono. That's what I was telling you. Like like I mentioned last podcast, I felt like the Rockets they're either gonna do the same thing as the Sixers gonna do. They're gonna either implode or they're gonna be very good. Like it's just. It's just something crazy about the whole situation with this bubble set up. Is, and it might be the young team, too, to surprise because these young cats got energy. They're so used to this environment anyway. Some of them are not far from move mm-hmm. from this, this pick up, let's pick up and just get it and go type situation. All right, let's, 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 let's make it clear so the fans can understand why we keep making these, these, these connections to AAU. If you've ever watched any prospective NBA talents mixtape, the gyms that they play in, in those mixtapes are, are what these courts look like. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. So that's why that vibe is like, and a lot of these players aren't far removed from that. And they're the young ones, which is what we alluded to in the, in the previous podcast. And I think the youth is going to allow a lot of these younger players to just put their head down and go out and have fun because it really is just literally just hooping. Yeah. So, so I think we're going to see the people who don't need the lights, the magnification, and all of the other pomp and circumstance that come with Major League Sports. Step up. Step up in a major way. And I, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what, what this environment brings out of them, knowing that it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. If, mm-hmm. you know, if we're able to restore society to what it once was or something close to it, we'll never get an environment like this again for NBA basketball or for any major sport. Yeah. Um, so... I'm I'm definitely excited at the fact that one I'm going to get to see basketball, and two is a brand of basketball that I have some familiarity with, but I don't know everything. 
So there's a must-seeness to, to all of this. Like, I mean, when would you ever want to watch a 1-8 game? Rarely. Mm-hmm. But you're going to watch these 1-8 games because, hey, on the Lakers side, they could be facing John Morant. They could be facing Zion. They could they- be facing the Kings. They could be facing Dame Lillard. Yeah. We don't know. And then and when the, that time comes, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, and the fact that there are a lot of surprises because you look at a team like Portland that's coming in there with a lot of guys that were injured during regular season that are now back. You yeah, Nur- did you see that you Nurkic Nur- played? And he Nurkic looks good. Very good, he but played also. at the four yeah. with Whiteside on the floor, and they moved Melo down to the three to account mm-hmm. for them not having my boy. Trevor Reza available to play the three. So yeah. now they have everybody in oh, then they also, early 2000 heights. Yeah. Where you mm-hmm. had where you had a five man and a four who weren't too much taller than each other. You know what I'm saying? They were close to height. So Hassan is a legitimate seven footer and Nurkic is I think six eleven. Something like that. But then also they got the, the other dude, Zach Collins, who's been stretching the floor and playing off of the energy. Like you said, you got you got about you know, you got a very interesting dynamic in that that could be a push for the AC. I mean, currently, right now, they're in the ninth position, and I think they're three and a half games out, or three games out, three and a half or three games out um, of the Memphis spot. How so, does that? How does that? How does that playing game situation work? Do Do you have an understanding that you know? I don't really know how that works because I was under the impression that it's eight games, and you whatever that record is that counts towards the current record that you had prior to COVID, but I could be mistaken because I'm not sure. That was one thing I wasn't 100% clear on, is how, how does this work for these teams that are like, that are not in the, that currently are from 9th to 9th to 12, you know what I mean, or 9th to uh, 13, or whatever the number is. Yeah, 13, because you got Phoenix is there. And Phoenix is currently six games out with eight games to play, so how does that here How does that, yeah. How will the play-in tournament work? And I took this directly from the NBA website. Oh, good. If the team with the eighth best record in his conference is more than four games ahead of the team with the ninth best record in the same conference, no play-in tournament will be necessary. So they're going in with the records that they have, and these these eight seeding games are to allow them an opportunity to close the gap. The final playoff okay. will simply go to the team with the eighth best record. So that's a combination of their current regular season games plus the eight season games. But if okay. the team with the eighth best record in this conference is four games or fewer ahead of the team with the ninth best record in the same conference, then there'll be a battle for the final spot between those two teams. So if you're able to close a four-game lead on the eighth seed, mm-hmm. which is why there were so many teams in the West, because I guess they were all within four games of, of, of um, Memphis well, at the time of the season. What it all was, which is weird because that I mean not Dallas Phoenix is Phoenix is there but they they're actually um, six games, so. But I guess mm-hmm. they, because they, they have a, they hadn't been eliminated so I think that's what had happened yeah, over yeah, in the yeah. West that they were effectively like if you look at the Eastern standings like everybody everybody below, was eliminated yep. yeah almost everybody was already eliminated and out of the race so I just think they literally took that into account and obviously you know Phoenix has a shot in the dark. Uh, a, Mm-hmm. A super long shot, pause, but they, they still have opportunities, so they invited him to come down. Um, Devin Booker looked like his usual self, too. Um, DeAndre Ayton looked pretty good, too. Yeah. I watched, I forgot who they played. I think they played Portland. 
I don't know who they play, but I, I watched some of their playing game, and they look they look pretty good. I mean, Phoenix is Phoenix. I don't have I don't have any upward or downward projections for them because I don't feel like I feel like this year was a getting to know you experience for everybody involved, including their coach. I think they'll come back stronger, and you know they'll they'll be something to contend with next year. The West is going to be is only going to get more and more chaotic with the amount of talent that has just kind of like snuck itself into the conference. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that bridge when it's time to cross it. But as far as the playing tournament goes, yeah. So um, a team like Portland rattles off an eight-game win streak in the seeding. A team like Memphis, who's in the lead, if they go 4-4, four and four, we're probably going to have to have them have a playing tournament. Yeah. And if another team in that Western group does the same thing, which I think is unlikely based on the schedule, because these teams all have to, you know, play each other. I don't know the schedules yet, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know. At the top of these conferences, do you feel the same way in the West? Do 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 you feel that that the Clippers are still, you know, far and above at least the first or second best team in the conference as currently well, constituted? Well, you got to think the the thing about this. That's I. I was more concerned, and I was I'm glad we transitioned towards the teams that from basically from the seeds from two to yeah heck two to six. That's only four games, you know. Heck, that Denver, Denver and the Nuggets. I mean, Denver and the Clippers are a game and a half. You know what I mean? And Utah and well, heck, Houston and um, OKC. They're tied, so mm-hmm. these eight games will make a difference. I would definitely, you know, but what kind of difference do they make? Remember, there's no home court advantage. No, but what I'm saying is, if you got the same exact, it just record, change. Yeah, it changes. It might change who you play. Yeah, it might change who you play. But again, it, for for us fans, wouldn't you mind seeing CP3 play the Rockets in the first round of the playoffs? You know, just just to help with the nostalgia and the fact that it could be a payback for CP3 because the Rockets booted him out. You know, um, or a team like the Clippers, if they got to play Dallas in the first round, that might be a tough matchup for them. Or Denver playing Dallas, or even seeing some of these teams. And again, those those are the type of type of things that were um, that we all have to consider is to see how strong this, how strong teams can be with these eight games and say, okay, we could put ourselves into a better position because they might okay. stay the same. And it might give me not. two, give me two teams that you think benefit from the bubble situation? I think I think Denver benefits from it. And I think and I actually think the Rockets benefit from this. I don't see the Clippers, I would have said, but they have so many guys out and with these COVID protocols, I don't know how these guys uh, develop that continuity uh, with eight games when guys can't will not be able to play and they only might only make one or two games and then it's just like the old like they're gonna turn it on, you know, as soon as playoff time coming. It's like, eh, I like I like teams that can play with some type of continuity because it makes it easier to watch or more fun to watch. Um I agree that Denver, they were on my list of teams that I thought benefited from the bubble. Almost <laughs> I was gonna say Denver and Portland. But mm-hmm. I like the I like the Denver and, and Houston thing because again, in in this environment where there's not really, it's really going to come down to who's in the best shape. 
And if yeah. Houston is out there running with those small ball lineups, they're going to run some teams with, with not too fast bigs or not the most mobile bigs right off the floor. Mm-hmm. Right off the floor. Um, Portland, they've now assembled. They went from having no front line to having arguably a top four or five front, front line in the conference. Yeah. And Denver, they're just magically healthy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and th- also, let's, let's think of it like this. If Denver and Houston, if, if the playoffs started today, they would play each other in the first round. So it would be the whole – remember, Denver – I mean, I know it's just a scrimmage, but Denver deployed, what, a 6-8 a, a or taller lineup. You know what I mean? And that, that, mm-hmm. that could be an anti-small ball because it's like if we have enough pieces and they're big enough, how are you going to stop us? Yeah, you, we might not stop James Harden and Westbrook, but you guys are going to get punished in the post or you guys are going to get punished with guys crashing for rebounds. It's going to get, it's going to get a very dirty because a guy like P.J. Tucker, who's what, 6'6", six, six, he's going to have to stick somebody like Jokic? That's going to be tough. That's Covington's job. And then P.J. Tucker gets the second guy. Um, okay, well, look, look how Covington, good. Uh, since acquiring him, has averaged, he's only 6'7", he's averaged two and a half blocks a game since yeah. becoming their resident big on that unique small ball lineup that they have. Um, I am hard-pressed to simultaneously go against Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team. Well, that's what I'm saying. In this bubble situation. You ain't I worry think about you give those two SoCal guys who have so much to prove, especially about being able to coexist on the court after having done it already successfully, which kind of gives them, you know, some anger about it. Because it's like, yo, come on, man. We went to the finals together. How could y'all even dare play this game with us? And I understand where they're coming from when they say that. Everybody, oh, but, you know, those are different times in your career, da, 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 da. But, okay, but why would you worry about us having chemistry when we've already had chemistry before? And the reason why we went separate ways was never about chemistry. So I can get them having that angst. And you know Russell Westbrook, he don't even need a grudge. He can go find one. Yeah. But if you give him a certified grudge to be able to go out there and take out on another team, that's a dangerous man. That's what I'm saying. That's a dangerous man. So I think you put a ravenous team like Houston – with the energy that they're going to have, the, the, the anger that they already have built up. I mean, James Harden is growing, growing twisty braids in 2020. You know he's mad about something. <laughs> yeah, you're a wild boy for saying that, man. <laughs> Yo. Come on, bro. You yeah. got the twisty. You got the Coolio braids. Yo, it's, yeah, he, he, scrapped, he, scrapped the, uh, he scrapped the mohawk. You scrapped the mohawk, and now it looks like you got – never mind. You got the Coolio braids, Gangsta's Paradise. Shout out to Coolio. Um, Denver, on the other hand, the reason why I say it benefits them is because they're playing with house money. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been undercut all season as far as expectations go. Oh, you know, they went from, they were the number one or number two seed in the West last year, almost the entire year. And then everybody said, oh, experience is going to bite them. And it did. But here they are with another opportunity where nobody's really checking for them to gain even more valuable experience and to integrate players who are part of their, their, their pending future. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, go ahead, Bobo, go out there. You see what it's like to play against Anthony Davis? You see what it's like to play against this guy? See what it's like to play against this guy? Go out there, MPJ. Jokic is already vetted. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, we, we know what Jamal Murray is going to bring to the table. So I, I, I think they just gain an opportunity. This is like an internship because in the end of it, everybody is going to count this as a championship. I already dealt with the whole, this is going to be an asterisk championship. It is still a championship, but I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of players in their youth. They have time to know that they can look over this season and not feel like they didn't accomplish something if they don't get to the promised land. There's mm-hmm. really only three, four teams where it's like, if y'all don't land in the conference finals, five. Five teams total that if they're not in the conference finals, you know, the fan and shit are going to be dating. Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, Lakers, Clippers. Everybody else is playing with house money. Those five teams go into this playoffs having to advance and advance very far. And for various reasons, LeBron being at the essential end of his prime or whatever you want to call it, he's going to be 36 in December. There's only so much time left on the clock. He can't just take a season or chuck a season up to something. He's got to make the best of what he has left. Absolutely. Giannis is on the verge of going into his Mega Max opportunity. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee is already pledged God knows how much money to $180 million to um to our boy sitting in a chair at three pin, Middleton. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they're hedged on proving to Giannis that they're invested in winning and they need to be able to demonstrate it. Toronto are the defending champions. No defending champion wants to make an early exit out the playoffs. Exactly. I don't feel like there's that much pressure on Boston because of the non-fluidity of their roster in the season. Maybe their fans might feel like, hey, it's, you know, Eastern Conference Finals. Finals, I don't have that expectation for them. I think they can get there. They're fully yeah. capable of it. Yeah. But Kimba, but, but Kimba is kind of like in and out of the lineup. I think he played, but he didn't just play that much. A couple months. I mean, a couple of minutes. Yeah, so again, you know, you got Kemba working his way back, and he's an integral part of what they do because he's going to be able to be that steady force. He, uh, he's got to be right. He's got to be right. I can't hold him to the same standard not being sure where Kemba's at. If Kemba comes back, guns blazing, and he's looking healthy during these eight seeding games, I'll adjust before we go into our playoff preview. Miami, I, I just feel like this whole season is house money for them. You get to trot out Duncan Robinson out of nowhere, and he has the season that he had. You magically find out that you did good with Tyler Harrow. Uh, Jimmy Butler hasn't caused the city to blow itself up. Bam mm-hmm. Adebayo has developed into one of the best two-way centers in the league. Even though he's undersized, he does so much on the floor that you can't disregard his impact on the floor. Indiana, with all their health issues, you know, Brogdon didn't play all of the games. Oladipo's returning from injury, and now um, Sabonis is out. I mean, it looks like an opportunity for Miles Turner to possibly validate himself, but they don't really have any pressure to do much other than play hard. Philly, mm-hmm. Philly, because of the nature of the, you know, the, the city of Philadelphia itself and that roster that they've assembled, there's pressure over there. There's pressure. And, oh, yeah. and, and considering the fact that their road record was so atrocious, 10 and 24, and they're playing in neutral zone for the rest of the season, that's a lot. That's a lot. They've got to prove to themselves and to the fan base. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the Philadelphia. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to go to the store. Okay. Yeah, Jackal and Hyde. Unless dude. you want to go. But you don't. All right. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philadelphia is definitely a Jackal and Hyde. Definitely a Jackal and Hyde. There's no debating that all they've shown us during the season is that consistency is not something that, that they're married to yet. 
But, you know, an environment like this where all you can do is lock in, that might be what they need. This could be the remedy that fixes their issues. And then, again, they were one of the, also one of the teams that I felt benefited tremendously from this break because, like I said, Ben Simmons was hurt. Mm-hmm. You got him back. And whatever they did to Ben Simmons back in his time off, it also gave him the courage to shoot threes. So, <laughs> sky's the limit. Sky's the limit, bro. Sky's the limit. We don't. I mean, somebody could say Philadelphia is gonna get swept in the first round, and we could say, "Oh, you bugging," but we can't say that they're wrong. Somebody could say Philadelphia is gonna go to the finals, and we could say, "Oh, you bugging," but we can't say that they're wrong, because again, like you said, they're they're so bipolar with their performance. They have a huge range of where they could land, but I definitely think that with the moves that they made with Elton Brand at the GM and the players that they brought in and the players that they allowed to go, they need to demonstrate that they actually know what they're doing. Because outside of Joel Embiid and, um, and Ben Simmons, they haven't proven that they know what to do with, 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 with the players that they get. Yep. Look at it now. You got Matisse Thybul waiting in the wings, and he's arguably a top 10 defender already. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. You got Josh Richardson, who you basically got as a throw-in for letting Jimmy Butler go. And he's having a decent season, but he hasn't shown that he's going to be able to elevate to a level where, you know, if you need to unload a contract like Tobias, you can. And then you got Tobias himself, who has proven to be a glue player amongst all of the chaos, the chaos that they've got going. But and being a glue player, he's never demonstrated that he could take himself to an upper level that they might need him to get to if the other guys in this pecking order don't fulfill their roles. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Philly, Philly got a lot to work out. I, I, I'm hoping that they can do it because, again, like I'm rooting for Simmons, but it's really inconsequential, and I won't be surprised if things don't go well or if things go great because they've been hard to project all year. So yeah. I don't think that's changed much. Exactly, like you said, that the fact that they don't have the um, home court issues to worry about, that's when you got to worry. You got to just say, this, you know what? If the, Now, this is the season. If they're going to do anything, this is the season they're going to have to do something. Because at that point, which you can't – now you don't have no excuse. You can't say the crowd's not with you on, or on the road. Yeah, we suck on the road. No, everybody's on the road. What they're going to do is just change decals on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. You know what I mean? They're going to put some artificial noise in, but you know it's fake. So, if you just hoop and play as aggressive as possible, you should be straight. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's so, it's so much. I mean, the one thing I like about the NBA is they're always trying to be innovative, right? Because the fact that they're even trying to create this bubble and create this dynamic just shows you that the NBA – for us as fans, we got to be thankful for because all these other... They've been progressive, they've yep. been aggressive, and they've also been protective. Exactly. And we've seen other sports suffer the consequences of not having the same approach with the Florida Marlins having 14 simultaneous positive COVID tests and now basically not being able to play. Yeah. And I told you and I said it on the pod, the NBA is going to set the standard for how not only society deals with trying to make do with what this pandemic has done, but for also for how other sport leagues handle themselves when they try to return. Mm -hmm. I think 
the league that benefits the most from watching the NBA do what it's doing is the NHL because they have a similar situation. All yeah. of their games are played indoors. Their games don't necessarily require a fan environment. I mean, obviously, it, it makes it better, but you can stage their setting in a protected environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas the NFL and other outdoor sports like baseball, they have a lot more external factors to contend with that you just simply can't control. So, yes, the NBA is, has, has remained at the forefront of, you know, being progressive with how they deal with social issues as well as, you know, natural health issues that, that, that are presenting themselves for the world. So it's, it, it's going to be fun to see. And again, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have any of the scrimmages on right now? Are you watching somebody play? Um, they did, like I said, the Utah New Jersey game. I mean, Utah Brooklyn game just went off a couple minutes ago, and I don't have any other um, games on. Mm. Well, one started at seven thirty. I was just wondering if you might live look. Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out. I don't have the. Um, I guess I, I got to figure out what happened to my league pass because I guess the league pass is not. Um, yeah, it's Orlando and in, in Denver. Okay. Yeah, who nigga... I am intrigued to see play because they've got they've got a collection of young players on those two teams that you know those those are kind of like some of the future bright faces. Like I think Jonathan Isaac is finally healthy after he spent much of the season being injured. Um, mm-hmm. You know I'm a Markel Fultz supporter. I always like to see people bounce back, so he's my um, he's my wounded animal pick. Um, <laughs> obviously, I can't choose him and Bobo. But Bobo obviously falls in that caliber of wounded animals, people who, you know, we're looking to see if they can fulfill some promise based on what they were looking like before they ever got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've already dealt with a lot of the, the talent that Denver has, being able to bring Michael Porter Jr. to the floor after we weren't even sure it would be safe for him to play basketball with the, the spine surgery that he had. You know, they've got a lot of intriguing young talent between those two teams and some veterans that are always fun to watch. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? My boy, uh, off the bench for the Magic. Ferguson? No, not Ferguson. Terrence. Terrence Ross. Ross, my boy. My boy, mm-hmm. Terrence Ross, boy. He He's such fill, a he violent. Up. He's such he a can... violent talent. Like, you know when he shoots a jump shot and he kicks out, he just can't help it because he just jumped too damn high. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's fun to watch. That's my son's favorite player, too, by the way. But oh, that's um crazy. Yeah, he's a big time Orlando Magic fan. He's, you know, shout out to the Magic. You know what I'm saying? They keep my son watching basketball six foot two and don't play it. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man. But um, what else? The the, the final game again. We already broached is uh, New Orleans and Milwaukee. And you saying you can't find these on the broadcast? Let me see mm-hmm. if I can pull up my app and see. Anything. Uh, I don't have. I thought I still. I guess I guess they the or. NBA League Pass. Oh, maybe they are NBA League Pass. Maybe my NBA League Pass cut out. They're probably on NBA TV. They're not. No, no, they're not on NBA TV. I'm looking at NBA TV right now, and it's like a um, jazz restart. Yeah, restart. I'm like, what's that about? Like, especially when it was games. I'm like, y'all keeping these games to y'allself? That was good. Oh, wow. My my app recorded the Wizards and Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers won, so I don't know really what to watch because – who plays for the Wizards now? Bill's not there. Bertans is there. Who, who's on your team? 
My team? Uh, you got your local team. You know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Nah, you got Roy Hachimura. You got okay. um, Troy Brown Jr. Um, you got our boy Shabazz Napier. Okay. Um, you, you got um, Ish Smith. Um, wow. Did did they bring back Isaiah Thomas? Is he out there playing? No, stuff? no. Isaiah's not even in the league. I don't think. What? How you, do a... man, how you do my man Isaiah the five nine like that? That's a wrap. Because he got into it with that ref. Myself, they gonna bring him back. Yeah, nah, yo, that was one of the most hilarious ejections ever. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, did you see that when that happened? Yeah, when he went into the stands and told the dudes don't talk about him. No, 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 no. When he bumped the ref. Mm. Oh, it was, like, oh. <laughs> it was oh. like it was like somebody was deeing him up mad hard right in front of the ref, and he like. You know, like he interacted with the ref, like, yo, you don't see this? And the ref was like, get out of here. <laughs> you know, it was mad funny. I'm like, because Isaiah, it, he was wrong, but not wrong at the same time. It was one of those situations, like, damn, I can see why, the, you know, like the ref held him to the letter of the law. Like, yo, come mm-hmm. on, bro, you can't be all up on me like this just because you mad that you're getting deed up hard. It was one of those situations where the energy got transferred and Isaiah caught the bad end of it, but it was hilarious. Uh, got you. Man, but I can't believe it, man. The Wizards let Zaya Isaiah go. Foul. Foul, yeah. man. He fought back from a Bo Jackson injury just to get back into the league, man. I, I always want to see guys. Like I said, I'm I don't know. I guess I'm I'm a fan of the wounded puppy, but I always felt like Isaiah got it bad, man. Yeah, no, no, no. His his situation is definitely gonna be talked about for ages and why you gotta get your bag and sign your bag ASAP because but he didn't have no choice. Remember, he was the last pick in the draft. No, I know. So I he mean, was on that. He was on that unique scale that you get put on when you're not in drafted in the first round. So his eligibility for extensions it always kept getting played with in all these different mm-hmm. places that he went. So it was almost like when he finally got to Boston, and it was literally like the next year, <laughs> the next year from the year that he was going crazy. He was eligible to get paid. But remember when he said he started feeling hurt, he should have sat out. You know what I'm saying? I know you want to be a warrior, but we never know. The saddest part is you just never know Mm -hmm. if he he would have sat out earlier and got the surgery or got whatever he needed to get. Could he have bounced back faster? Could he have, you know, what? we don't know what would have happened. I mean, it might have not made a difference, but Looking back at it, when he when you heard him in an interview saying, you know, he played through these injuries, it's like, nah, this is why you don't play through no injury, especially if it's hurting like that, because now your career, your trajectory is totally off now. Mm-hmm. And especially at his height, he should, you know, I mean, but again, it's hard, it's hard, because he did everything as as a with the, he was a fan favorite. You know, you saw him play with that heart and that energy. He became the face of the franchise, like almost, I don't want to say overnight, but his equity, his equity in Boston jumped dramatically in a short period of time. And I think, and I think considering what he had been through prior to that, because remember, he was a star at the University of Washington. And Mm -hmm. then he gets to be the last guy drafted in his draft class. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's, and then everywhere he goes, He's got to like reprove himself all over again. He proves himself to be valid in Sacramento. He proves himself to be valid in, in Phoenix. Then he goes to Boston and he proves himself to be next level, courtesy of the way Brad Stevens contoured the offense around him. 
And mm-hmm. he had, he he'd eventually he'd essentially he was at the last step at the mountain, and mm-hmm. he slipped. He, he, I, for lack of a better metaphor, he just fell backwards all the way down to the bottom. And mm-hmm. a game like basketball, even more so than football, that hip matters. That's your you know it's your plant turn, all these different things that you got to do with your lateral configuration, and it's gone from you. Is gone from you, but um, yeah, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised. I I didn't know that Isaiah had gotten released prior to, so he must have been released prior to COVID. Then, yeah, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I'm trying to look at look it up to see where his last team he played. No, yeah, it was the Wizards. Was the last team he played for? Um, it was a two time All Star. That's crazy. Um, he got traded yeah. to the Clippers. Yeah, and then waved. Yep. Two days later, he was waved, basically. He traded to the Clippers as a trade line acquisition, and then he got waved. And again, like I said, he... Um, and with all these teams looking to fill roster slots because of... COVID. My man still can't even... Come on, man. Somebody gives Isaiah a shot, man. Give him a shot. Well, it's probably too late at this stage. Oh, no. Nah, you know? I... I'm pretty sure that the NBA has a fluid situation when it comes to because they have to be able to account for again with COVID they're gonna have to be able to account for you know players not be but maybe you're right because I did think that they they had like a cutoff date or something like that so well they also remember they got a lot of these G League players that you can you bring know, up that, you, that you're playing like I mean because so I don't know what the number is for these rosters but they seem like they have a lot more than twelve guys you know mm-hmm. and it seems it seems like. Um, some of these players are G League players that were maybe the two-way players. They just say, hey, just stay, work out, come on a team, and get it popping. And, again, they started, they allowed players like uh, New Jersey to sign Jamal Crawford and, um, you know, Michael Beasley, but Michael Beasley is out. Post-COVID, you know. because he tested positive for COVID. Yeah, so, again, they, again, again, I guess Isaiah Thomas was not on their radar for any team to be like, you know what? We want we want him, even though he averaged for the Wizards, he averaged um twelve points and uh, about four assists. Okay, so here's the breakdown: teams will be allowed to bring as many as seventeen players to Orlando with playoff rosters consisting of fifteen total players, thirteen active, and two inactive. Mm. Mm. That sucks for you if you was on Orlando, and as soon as the playoffs come, they cut you. Well, I don't think you get cut. I just think you get inactive. Well, yeah, because you're one of the if you're if you're in the 17, but not in the 15, it's, it's trouble for you. That's what I'm saying. I mean, because, again, I wouldn't mind being inactive in the playoffs. I know you wouldn't. I'm, wanna, I'm still there. I want to play, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 That's what I'm saying. I don't want to be 16 or 17. Right. Where, uh, thank you for the regular season, but uh, it's a wrap for you and then that team win a championship, and you don't get nothing but a, maybe the jersey that you wore during the regular season, a COVID jersey. And... You got to get out the bubble. Yeah. Yep. It's a wrap. I wonder how they're going to do that, though. If if they're – like, if you go to the finals, right, there's only two teams left. Is everybody else cleared out the bubble, or can some of those players <laughs> that was in the bubble – Like, let them stay in the stands? That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Yo, if that they, would be – Yo, that would be insanity, because then we would get to see how petty – 
NBA players really can't beat to each other. Like, can you imagine the NBA finals where, like, <laughs> like, like, for instance, like all your imagine, peers is watching, all your peers, which happens anyway, but it's usually mm-hmm. on a smaller scale. Like, you know, like remember the years Dwayne Wade didn't go to the didn't go to the finals, he would go to the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would see him in the stands, but like, all right, so you boom, see the whole teams. So right, so you, so you Toronto, right, and you beat Milwaukee, and now the finals is you and. <laughs> Pick a team from the West. It don't have to be the Lakers. The Clippers. Yeah, yeah. So you look out on the sideline. <laughs> you see everybody. You see Giannis. Mm-hmm. LeBron. Tight. And you look. know they're going to be talking wow, greasy. Yeah. But that's the other team that they lost to. Yo, that would be insane. But that would also be foul, too, because you the team that beat them. Now they got to sit there and watch you play. They're yes. going to be tight. They go, cats are gonna and that's what I'm saying. The, the level of grease talk that's gonna occur if yeah, that were the situation, uh, like, like I, I, I'm hoping that there's some sort of like gradual dismissal process that they have for the bubble, because I don't think you want that type of bad blood <laughs> all on campus. Like, yo, man, <laughs> we just got knocked out the playoffs, man. Yo, they go to Milwaukee niggas. It's on sight, mm. yo. It's on sight. Not just I mean? that, yo. The bubble says you gotta stay and watch. Like, yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> That would be foul, son. Oh man! Nah, they said we can't. We can't. It's a, it's a league fine, like a team fine. Nah, that's that. That'd be funny, but nah, that. No, it is what it is. You know what I mean? That's that's can't complain. Like I said, the uh, good the fact that we got basketball back, man. Real basketball, whether it's in a bubble or not. Cash is hooping. That's what we care about. That's all we care about. Cash is hooping. Cash to be safe as possible. No pot. No so far. No positive COVID testing. Uh, the players that have are not that are still in quarantine. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. We're getting them through the process. And again, Thursday is when the re- when this regular season eight games start, and the playoffs start after that. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a sight to see. All right. So before we close this out, because we're we're approaching our time, I want you to give me three guys that you expect big things from before we get to the playoffs. Bubble breakers, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna say, and this is three. Um, uh, okay, I'm gonna say, I'm expecting something, I'm actually expecting something big from these two guys, right? This is two on the same team Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I feel like Ooh. those two, I feel like those two got Ooh. something to prove. There's something about it, there's something in my and yo, something's telling me, yo, these two got something to prove, and they're gonna go try to go. They're gonna try to make things happen. Now, the, the, I I'll leave it those two, and then my third person would be. Um, it would have to be. Mm, I would say. Uh, I would actually say James Harden. Wow! Because the reason why I say James Harden is because. The the rap about James Harden is he don't show up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So or he burns out. Exactly. So where it is right now is only eight games. Everybody's in this bubble. There's no distractions. Let me see if you really, if this is really the case, or you just a good a great regular season player, and but you're you know what I mean, like almost like what the knock was in Peyton Manning. You phenomenal in the regular season, but come playoffs. Mm-hmm. Jekyll and Hyde, so you know what I mean. That's what I want to. So 
So, yeah, the young pups in Boston, because those two look like they could average 30. You know what I'm saying? They got all the tools to get it done. They can at least get you 25 a night in this bubble. You know what I mean? So, I would say them and James Harden. Now, who who's your take? All right. So, um, I'm going to start with the guy who I feel is going to officially finalize what he believes has been his all year. Young man added on 12 pounds of muscle. Ja Morant is going to go out there and play like a man possessed. Mm. I feel Luka Doncic is the most dangerous man in that bubble. Wow. I feel he is the most dangerous because we all know what he's capable of and he's not from this country. <laughs> oh, you always put the in for so, the spin. So because what they're doing in the bubble is almost like playing in Europe, the culture that he comes from, from that international background, being in an Eastern Europe block country where they don't have all these big facilities and these big gyms and all these, you put him in there, just hoop and use your mind. And your first round is projected against is, is against that Clipper team. That's kind of helter skelter with them not knowing who their real identity is. Mm. Luca's dangerous. Luca's really dangerous. And my third guy is Donovan Mitchell. I feel like mm. he's got the weight of he's got an unbearable weight on his shoulders right now. Bogdanovich is out. We don't know what version of Mike Conley is playing for the Utah Jazz. Or and here they are, they're a top four seed. So he's got to keep them afloat to get into the playoffs mm. and and you know what I'm saying? Not have a truly unfavorable matchup, which right now they're slated to play Oklahoma City, which nobody wants to play them in the first round. So That's what I'm you, saying. you hold the fort and your reward is Oklahoma City. Or you do a little bit better and you maybe take Denver's spot. And then that gives you an opportunity to you go against Houston. the Rockets. So I feel like Donovan Mitchell is really, you know, like he's got, he's got some heavy odds, man. He's got some heavy odds. So I'm, I'm looking to see how he handles it because he's always had to play bigger than what his height is. Mm-hmm. And, and and he's always answered the bell. Yeah. So, so I look forward to him doing that again. I think he will. I don't know if it's going to, you know, result in any type of long-term longevity as far as how the playoffs play out. But I definitely am looking to see how those three young guys handle it. I mean, I felt like we would both be cheating if we went for the defaults. Oh, well, is Giannis going to validate his MVP campaign? Can mm. LeBron James once again prove that he's the postseason dominant force? And, we can do that on any podcast. Facts. But talking about the guys that, that you brought, dopeness, man. And that's why I wanted to make sure I brought guys to the table so that when, when these games start to play, the people who listen to us and actually, you know, support what we do, they're looking for these guys too because those are, those are future faces. And we also have to, you know, celebrate the current while be preparing ourselves to look forward to the future of this bright game of basketball that we have. But on that note, as always, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to Views from the Clutch. If you would like to leave us a voice note, you could do so on any of the podcast platforms we are hosted on. You can email us directly at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. 
You can tag us on social media to discuss things at Views from the Clutch on Facebook and Instagram. We're looking forward to our next episode where we hope to bring our trainer back in so we can start discussing fitness within the bubble. Maybe he can give you guys some more tips on things you can work on as we are all still currently dealing with this COVID situation. To each and every one of you, we want to say please remain safe, stay safe, practice being safe. I don't know how you feel about a mask, but I love you if you wear one. And on that note, I'm going to say peace. Peace.